The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 59 of the Pokemon Snapshot. How are you doing tonight, Josh? Pretty good, Jeff. How's it going tonight? It's like 1.30 in the afternoon. It's like 1.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, I just realized that. I'm, I say it every time because we used to record in the evening, but now I have a baby that I have to watch in the evening. Yeah, no, so this... we don't record in the evenings anymore. Yeah, this is her evening because she's going to be up all night <laughs> crying. Yeah, I hope not. I need sleep. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> But um, what have you been up to this last week? Well, Horizon Forbidden West came out on Friday, and I got that, and then I played it for like an hour that night, and then I was tired because I'm old, and then I went to sleep, and I haven't had a chance to play it again. So <laughs> I guess the moral of that is being an adult sucks. Because um, I can being afford... Being an adult sucks, yes. Yeah, I can afford to buy all the games that I want, but I have no time and energy to play them. Um, My wife and I watched What If... Um. Finally, so I watched that because I I was like, well, this isn't really important, so like I'm fine if I skip it. But apparently, it is going to be important for the new Doctor Strange, like it ties into the new Doctor Strange movie. So we watched it, and I liked it. Um, I'm looking forward to see all, how it ties in with uh, Doctor Strange. And my wife has now seen all of the Marvel content that is avail- available for home viewing, um, except for Spider Man because it's not out on streaming yet. Um, and then. <laughs> When we were going through all the movies, she wanted to skip the second Ant-Man movie because she doesn't like the Ant-Man movies, um, or she didn't like the first one. And I was like, whatever, it's not really that important outside of the... But the, the first after- one is so good. Huh? Yeah, the I know, I liked so it. so good. Don't I don't know why she wanted to skip it, which is weird because Paul Rudd is like her number two hottest guy in the world. So is it's strange that she wanted to skip. Is her number one hottest guy? What? Is it you? Is her number one hottest guy you? <laughs> no, it's Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> she was this lo- before or after Loki? Uh, after. she l- Loki is like her favorite Marvel character, by far. Okay. So, I'm glad to hear you liked What If. It wasn't my favorite show. I still haven't watched the finale. I mean, there's episodes in it I liked, but then there are other episodes I was just bored with it. The, the Doctor Strange episode, which is like the fourth one, and then the last two yes. are both, the last two are both really good. The other okay, ones. Okay, I just, need to watch the finale. The other ones are fun just because it's like, I mean, the premise is cool. Um, the premise of the show is cool, and the watcher is cool. Um, but yeah, the last two are definitely the best episodes, aside from the Doctor Strange episode. Okay, I I still need, I need a well, I need to watch the last episode of that, I guess, before Multiverse comes out. I mm-hmm. also need to still watch Eternals. Um, Eternals is good. It's not my favorite. It's really hard to introduce ten brand new characters or more brand new characters in a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, which explains why before they came up with the Avengers movie, everyone had their own movie first. Yeah, they should have. I don't know. I mean, with all the like big stars they had in those, I don't know if it, it would have been viable to do like a TV show based on the Eternals and like each character. I mean, if they did ten episodes, each character could have gotten their own episode like centric episode or something, but I don't know how viable that yeah. would have been, but it would have been much better. Um, but I kind of think I know how they're going to tie into um, the overall 
story, but I'm gonna wait. I'm not gonna say okay. my what I think yeah. right now. We'll we'll see. I need to watch that before Moon Knight comes out next. Who I'm excited about at the end. Yeah, I'm excited about Moon Knight. Um, it's it the first episode comes out on my birthday, so I'm very excited about that. Awesome. Well, I finally beat Arceus the other night. All right, so I hear you have some hot takes about Arceus. So I'm going to say, I don't think I like this game as much as other people do. Uh Uh-oh, tell us why. But that doesn't make it a bad game. So before I got a chance to play or was really diving into it, you know, it came out, I think it's sitting at an 84, 85 on Metacritic, which Mm -hmm. is a pretty good rating. Mm Mm-hmm. And then IGN's reviewer comes and she gives it a seven. And I'm like, oh, man, you're just lowballing it. IGN just lowballs things, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I played it, and I think that's about where I'd put it. I'd put it at a seven because it's a great change to the Pokemon formula, but they need to fix some things before they try this again. They can't just keep doing this again. So, for instance, the battle system needs, like enhanced a little bit they made it way harder than it should be where even a simple pokemon can take you out Mm -hmm. uh and so just trying to battle and since there's so many pokemon um it's just like i felt like i was running from battles more than trying to catch them now i love the sneaking up on pokemon right but when i beat the game it's like, oh, you can go catch all the legendaries. Here's what else you can do. And I'm like, uh, I know people have been like, oh, I'm 100%ing this game. But to me, filling out the Pokedex is just tedious. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like I catch a Pokemon and then I get its Pokedex entry. You know, I have to catch multiple of them and right. I have to see it do certain moves and and all this. And so, I don't know. We'll see. I have a couple weeks till my next game comes out that I'm getting. Um, we'll see if I play any more though. I did start the demo of Project Triangle Strategy mm-hmm. and I played the first match and I enjoyed it and the demo goes up to chapter three and it can tie it in it you can transfer your save to the actual game. So maybe I'll just play this until the next game I want comes out. But I don't know. I'm like I think if they, you know, rehash it a little bit you know Mm -hmm. find where the kinks were this the next one i think will be a great game cool well that kind of helps me because like arceus i eventually want to get but i'm not there are other games i want to play first and who knows how long it'll take me to play to beat horizon just because i got other stuff going on yeah uh also i will say that i'm extremely mad at paramount plus right now so (laughs) why other than the fact that they just (laughs) created a whole other streaming platform that you have to pay for if you want to watch their content besides that and you know me i'm big into paramount or cbs reality shows Mm -hmm. but so i think it was during our last episode i talked about you know i started watching australian survivor did they take it off so well (laughs) so yeah yes long story short yes they did but here's the thing they put up half the seasons up in december and the second half up in january Mm -hmm. then on like valentine's day they took it all down with no warning (laughs) no what are y'all doing paramount plus i and and i'm like oh is this just a glitch and i'm like you know so i go on twitter and Oh, survivor twitter is mad right now i'm sure they are maybe they'll make enough of a stink that they'll put it back on well, and here's the thing. People are 
tweeting, you know, tagging. I even put out a tweet out there, you know, tagging Paramount Plus, tagging Paramount Plus help. Mm -hmm. And they're giving everyone these like blanket statements of (laughs) um, we know we do not have access to Australian Survivor, but please send us a message with what you would like added to our service and we can see if it's viable. And it's like it was viable. You had it up there for two weeks. It was it was all the uncensored butt cracks. It's all the uncensored <laughs> butt cracks. And they just put on Can- Canada Big Brother. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid to start it because I'm just like... It's going to get removed. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even finish season one. I was had like 10 episodes left of season one because the episodes are... Seasons are longer. Yeah. And I'm just like, now I'm just mad. And it's like, I would be happy if they would just put out a statement explaining why. Right. But then other people are like, this isn't how rights work. Why would you pay for the rights of something for three weeks? <laughs> I have no idea. That makes absolutely zero sense. There has to be some sort of reason. They just don't want to give it. I know, but they need to because, I mean, th- you know, and there's some people saying, oh, I found this was on Paramount Plus. I subscribed to Paramount Plus just for this. Right. Because Survivor, it's a bit, there's a big fan base on Survivor. And, you know, previously, if you were in the United States, you could not watch Australian Survivor, which also they had a season of New Zealand Survivor and South African Survivor, and those Mm -hmm. were all taken down too. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, they better get get it together before, uh, before Survivor Twitter comes after them. Well, Survivor Twitter is already coming after them. Survivor Reddit is mad. Yeah. So that was my frustration. And and I thought because, so I turn on my Paramount Plus. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch the next episode. No, I went to watch the newest episode of Celebrity Big Brother, which is airing right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm like, huh, that's weird. Australian Survivor isn't in my play next episode list. And so I searched for it, and I couldn't even find it. And that's when I started, like, that's my wife started was in to the room. realize. Yeah, I was mad. Mm. But let's go on to the Pokemon news, which, again, we have no idea what the next games coming out are. I'm hoping they'll announce a direct for this week because Pokemon Day is coming up. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, during our next episode, whether it's next week or the week after. We will have some Pokemon news to announce. Um, but the Pokemon news is this week. So Friday, Funko had a big event and they announced the Pokemon Funko's Wave 10. And it's going to involve Leafeon, Piplup, and Lapras. I feel like they announce these um, Pokemon Funkos pretty regularly. It's only been like a month since the last since the last batch. Well, I think the last batch was announced later than it normally is. Mm. Um, because Wave 9 was announced, like, la- a couple weeks ago. and But it has a release date of March 17th. Now, okay. if you pre-order from Amazon, who knows if you're going to get them on that day. <laughs> uh, but they're not a video game, so I just pre-order from Amazon because it's easiest. Yeah. And I don't have to pay shipping. So... I just pre-ordered there. These are set to come out, I believe, July 19th. Okay. Usually they do announce them a few months in advance. And I think they just announced um, the last wave a little late. Because usually they're announcing the, the new wave 
when right before the current wave comes out, but they, for some reason, held off. In fact, I am still waiting for one of my Funkos from Amazon to arrive from Wave 8, which I think is Metallic Squirtle. Oh, wow. Super late. So, yeah. Um, But I got the three that I really care about, which is the Dragonite, Caterpie, and Pidgeotto. Mm-hmm. And also, they announced that if you pre-order from Target, you can get a Jumbo Lapras figure. That's fine. I don't have any of the I don't have any of the Jumbo ones because they're expensive. You're not gonna have any room the, on your shelf for enormous. Yeah, and Lapras, I don't have any Lapras's. room. Though, let's be honest, I th- almost thought of getting the Jumbo Charizard when it was announced. That one would be pretty cool. But that is our Pokemon news. And then, so, last week we did ask the question, what is a weird food habit you have? And we got some answers. Uh, Kate Davis gave us a ton of answers, so let's go through her list real quick. She said, I don't consider any of this weird, but others do. A mashed potato pizza with bacon, chives, and sour cream on it. Wait, so, so is it, is it pizza crust with just mashed potatoes on it? Or is it, like, pizza crust with, like, the regular marinara pizza sauce and cheese and then mashed potatoes on that? Because that's a little bit weird. Like, I would probably yeah. not put marinara on potatoes. Um, No, no, I'm going to assume it's just mashed potato, like, sour cream and chive mashed potatoes with bacon in it. I mean, you can't really go wrong there. I mean, it's carbs on carbs, but I don't care. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to turn it down. No, in fact, uh, I come from the Midwest, and one of our big things, and my f- wife's family's from Michigan, and they thought it was weird when we were getting meals from coworkers and stuff when Kyrie was just born. Mm-hmm. One of our coworkers sent um, uh, beef and noodles over mashed potatoes. Which I don't think, I don't is think a, I've ever had that. Oh, it's a staple Midwestern food. It was on the lunch menus and everything. It's Kansas part of the Midwest. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, my my family from Michigan thought it was weird. They're like, this is just a lot of carbs. I go, yes, and it's delicious. It's not really the carbs. It's just like beef and noodles over mashed potatoes just seems like an odd combination. But then again, I would definitely eat it, and I would probably love it. Yeah, because yeah. it's like gravy, too. Yeah. Mm, gravy. Uh- all right, continuing on with what Kate also says. She also said, I mix a lot of sweet and savory, bacon and maple syrup, apples and sausage, etc. Uh, bacon and maple syrup is delicious, Kate. Yeah, so. no, that's pretty normal. Sweet and, sweet and savory is definitely a, a normal com- uh, uh, combination. Yeah, I've seen apples and sausage in different dishes, so that's not weird either. Uh, she eats her cereal dry so it doesn't get mushy. Yeah, no, that's a war crime right there. I know, and some cereal tastes better when it's mushy, depending on what the cereal is. Yeah, now you gotta have milk on cereal, otherwise it's just like... Now, I've made just cereal. like a dry... I've gotten like a dry cereal as a snack, but never as like my breakfast. Yeah, the only time I've ever had dry cereal is when you're like a child, and you go to like a restaurant, and like when you get your little coloring uh, book thing or coloring page or whatever at a, at a restaurant, they give you like the little plastic things filled with dry fruit loops. That's like the only time I've ever had dry cereal. And that was like 25 years ago. It used to, 
Oh, I was gonna say, do you still get those was, when you go out to eat with Chelsea? That was like twenty five days ago. <laughs> twenty five days ago, yeah. we we had to bring Josh's Fruit Loops, otherwise he gets ha- angry. <laughs> yeah, he gets really mad if he doesn't have um, all the primary colors, so he can mix and match on his coloring sheet. Uh, she says, "I butter my waffles and put sausage or bacon and maple syrup on them." Buttering waffles is like totally normal. I make sure any. I make sure all the little holes in the waffles have butter in them. Yeah, I butter my waffles, pancakes, and French toast. Yeah. Jessie does not like butter on her pancakes and stuff like that. In fact, she sometimes she won't even eat them with syrup. She'll just eat them. She Wait, she I, what? She won't eat her pancakes with syrup. What? Or French toast with syrup. Dude, I hate to say this, uh, but I think you're going to need to get a divorce. I, I know. She, <laughs> Uh, I actually have one down here later with Jesse too, because I made her ask the question because all we had was Kate and Steven. I'm like, I want some more answers. And I put one there for my daughter too, because we had this debate the other day. Uh, one more from Kate though. She says, I will also eat almost any food with a spoon instead of a fork if I need to. I, I would need more information there if I were going to make yeah. fun of it. Cause like some people will eat stuff with a fork and if it has any sort of like liquidy consistency, period like any at like all jello I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat with a spoon for sure but like yeah if it's, if it's stuff that you can pierce and pick up and there's gonna be no liquid in the bowl at the bottom then i'll eat with a fork yeah jesse and i have this argument she'll make like some rice dish and hand it to me in a spoon and i'm like i know I, and i'll get up and go get a fork oh no goes, if, it's, well, a, you if just... it's a rice dish i eat with a spoon but like Are... if it has chunks of meat and stuff in it or yeah, but if it's rice, if it's stuff that you gotta like turn the bowl and then like scoop with the with the uh, with the spoon, because dude, I'm trying to get every grain of rice out of that bowl. Well, it's usually on a plate, so we're not having oh. that difficulty. Well, okay, fair enough. Uh, Steven Dutzman says he eats his pizza with a fork and a knife. I know Steven's a good guy. I know Steven's a good guy, but I'm like, yeah, I, I, I will judge any person that eats pizza with a. F- with a fork and a knife it doesn't matter how good of a person they are yeah unless it's a messy pizza but not all pizza is messy yeah i turn i take a slice of pizza and i fold it in half and i shove it down the gullet uh and then one from my wife uh she prefers room temperature water over cold water absolutely 100 percent hard agree with jesse here like i only drink water when it's room temperature no, see, I like my water cold. Mm, nope. I, I like it room temperature because I can chug it. Oh, though, granted, I forgot to put my body armor in the fridge, so I'm drinking it at room temperature Ugh. right now. I mean, even if you did put it in the fridge, it would still be gross, so it doesn't really it doesn't You really don't matter. like body armor? No. I actually, in this episode, I have a body armor joke, so. Oh, well, I, I have the low-calorie version, so it's mm-hmm. not horrible for me. Uh, and then my daughter, this is a debate she has, uh, because whenever we go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and there's mac and cheese or grilled cheese on it, she always asks if it comes with the yellow cheese. <laughs> that's like the, that's like the most processed cheese you can possibly get. And definitely, uh, I the, know. And like the grossest cheese you can get. Uh, she went to a museum with her, with my wife's brother and his fiance. Mm-hmm. So her aunt and uncle. Yeah. And. 
I asked her, oh, what do you have for lunch? And she goes, I had grilled cheese with yellow cheese. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Though, to be fair, we had ma- I made mac and cheese, and it was white cheese, and she ate it. Okay. But then she told me when I was writing this out, she goes, I only ate it to get dessert. <laughs> <laughs> She's smart. She's learning already. Um, yeah. You need to get her on that sar- You need to get her on that Sargento. Get her off the yellow cheese and I, get her on the Sargento. <laughs> I mean, she'll eat like cheese sticks and stuff and like Baby Bell, but it's, if it's mac and cheese, it needs to be yellow cheese. Fair enough. Granted, I'm weird with my mac and cheese too because I hate it when a restaurant says it's mac and cheese and it comes to you and it's like penne pasta. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I'm not a fan of penne. I think it's too thick. Yeah. And so, but you know, there's some restaurant, and I'm like, why are you calling it mac and cheese? Macaroni's the noodle, so you yeah. should call this penne and cheese. <laughs> and I'm okay with like the folded over one, whatever it's called, the shells, yeah. which technically isn't macaroni either, but that is the white cheese I got her to eat yesterday. I made one of the craft deluxe ones, and yeah. it had white cheese and a powder. You could put garlic and herbs in it. It was really good. I would recommend it to get it. Nice. It's a success to get her to eat non-yellow cheese. Yes. Uh, though I gave her some before I put the pa- garlic powder in because I felt like if she saw the green specks from the herb, she was not going to eat it. Oh, no. She sounds like Chelsea. If there's like an, <laughs> if there's like an onion in a square mile of something, of some food that I make, she's not going to eat it. All right, so if you want to answer our questions, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Pokemon Snapshot, or you can send us an email at thepokemonsnapshot at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, so look us up there as well. Also, leave us a rating on your listening app of your choosing so other Pokemon fans, such as you, just like yourself, can find the podcast. All right, Josh, are we ready to get into the episode? I think we're ready to hop in, and I cannot wait for you to tell us the name of this episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the episode's title was in English was the perfect hero. No, 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 no. Or, say, say it right. Uh, I can't roll my R's. So you can't. Or, uh, the perf- no. perfect hero. Perfect yeah, hero. But the Japanese yeah, title is the one I'm really excited about. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I can't roll my R's. Mm-hmm. Um, or in Japanese it was called "It's Children's Day." Everyone gather. <laughs> Oh, I saw that and I was like, Jeff's going to give us a good one here. (laughs) They love their exclamation points in the Japanese titles. Yeah, they do. Uh, It aired on July 9th, 1998 in Japan and on September 11th, 1999 in the United States. All right, Josh, let's get into the episode. All right. uh, So before we jump in, if you couldn't tell by the episode's title, The Perfect Hero... It's like purr, like a, a a cat purrs, so it's a pun on the word perfect. Um, and so before we begin, I just have to say uh, that this episode is getting a three-pun limit before I'm just shutting the whole episode off. Um, spoiler alert, we did make it through the whole episode, so there you go. Um, and I'll, I'll give them a pass for the title of the episode. Uh, the episode begins in yet another nondescript forest as Team Ash is headed to Cinnabar Island, Um, So Ash can earn his seventh badge, and I'm pretty sure his first since I joined the Pokemon Snapshot. Uh, Maybe this is all my fault that they've had such a a long detour, like a 40-episode detour. Um, 
the narrator reckons they're in for some new adventures as if that isn't the whole point of this entire show. Like, would he ever just be like, we got a pretty boring one for this, uh, we got a pretty boring one for you this week, kids. <laughs> uh, Team Ash sees banners that look like Gyarados and two other fish Pokemon that aren't nearly as cool as Gyarados. And Ash says that means that it's his favorite day, Kids Day. Uh, and Kids Day is such a stupid name for a holiday. It'd be like uh, if the government declared a special day for presidents and called it President's Day. Yeah, you know, just because two presidents were born in the same month, which we have, what, 48 different presidents? So there's a chance they were going to be, 40. two of them were going to be born. Well, 43. different presidents? For, well, what? I guess it'd be 40. Is it? So Biden is the 46th president, but. Okay, so. But who was it that was uh that was twice in Garfield? Cleveland. Cleveland, yes, not Garfield. It was Cleveland. You're right. Yeah, he was like non consecutive terms. History lesson for you guys. Uh, but continuing on, uh, Misty has a line here where she goes, where she says something along the lines of, "She wishes she could play all day like she used to on Kids Day." And let's not forget, they are still kids and only 10 years old. It's not like she has a job or paying taxes or <laughs> sitting through boring meetings that could have been an email. Yeah, she's not, yeah, I know. She's not like, she's not working a job that she hates just so she can have health insurance. <laughs> she's, she's an actual 10 year old. Yeah, she is a kid. This day is for her. Mm hmm. Um, as the group discusses what they want to do for kids day, Ash says he really needs to go get his volcano badge. Brock says a bunch of stuff about how Kids Day should only be for dudes, which literally makes no sense at all. Like, half of all kids are girls, so this is some of the most misguided misogyny uh, I've seen since I learned about incels. This is a good opportunity to explain what Children's Day is, so here's a history lesson, Josh. Are you ready? Hit me. During this scene, they do tell Missy that she already got her day, the Princess Festival, which I think we went over it is based off of the real-life holiday in Japan, Girls' Day. Mm -hmm. Children's Day used to be based around only boys, so Brock isn't wrong. But, un but, after, but in 1948, after World War II, they decided to celebrate all children, and all children mattered. Well... <laughs> Never mind, I won't go down that road. Um, okay, well, that's yeah, that is a strange history lesson. I'm pretty sure no kids watching this in 1999 uh, were gonna understand any of that at all, anyway. So, just strange to me. No. Um, Misty smacks Brock, Ash, and Pikachu with the fan and claims successfully that she's as tough as they are. And honestly, out of all of them, if I were gonna. Uh, uh, pick any of them to have to like fist fight someone it would be misty i'm pretty sure she would like grab another child and like rip their jaw off and feel no remorse <laughs> about it um some rando woman shows up and says everyone has been waiting for the pokemon trainers to show up uh, and i guess she's going to be waiting a little longer if she actually wants quality trainers um as you would expect brock goes from blatant sexism to sexually harassing this poor woman in the span of seconds uh, she is a teacher at a local school, and after her phone rings, uh, and she has a complete with a Clefairy phone case, which I thought was pretty funny, uh, she reveals that some Pokemon trainers are supposed to let the kids play with their Pokemon, but they bailed. Uh, I guess maybe my job. Um, 
or my joke about this one being a boring episode was right, considering it looks like Team Ash is about to take their Pokemon to a preschool show and tell. Uh, they head into the school uh, that I'm surprised Brock is even legally allowed to enter. And being a former teacher and also a parent for a child at a school, I will say that this is breaking all sorts of rules. Schools require a background check for you to even volunteer, and I'm pretty sure Brock would not have passed that background <laughs> check. There would be a long laundry list of complaints from, like, all across um, Kanto. Uh, nearby, Team Rocket hides in burlap sacks as they wait to ruin Kids Day. James reminisces about Kids Days of Past when he got off from school, got to swim in his pool, and ate ice cream sandwiches as a meal. Like, Dude, who declared this a holiday? I did not know this was a real thing until you gave me the history lesson, so now I look a little bit dumber, but I'm still going for it. Uh, I literally work with children as my job, uh, and I would not trust any of them to have a day where they get to make decisions about what they do. Like, <laughs> if we if we allowed that to be a day, we'd all be eating Takis and drinking body armor. All right, I'm going to give you another history lesson. Please do. In the... I'm just full of facts today. <laughs> in the Japanese original, uh, James was excited to eat Kashiwa mochi instead of ice cream. And what that is, is mochi wrapped in oak leaves, which I'll be honest, I don't like mochi. I don't like the texture. Mm -hmm. And that is a traditional Children's Day or Kids Day treat. Also, because when I was filling this out, Jesse is like, can you even eat oak leaves? So I did a little research. And it says the oak leaves are not eaten on the Kashiwa mochi, but it is they take it off and it is used as a representation of the prosperity of the person's descendants. That's odd. So it's just for decoration, basically? <laughs> or it's not yeah. even for decoration, it's for flexing. <laughs> yes. It's for flexing your wealth. That's like the most 1% thing I've ever heard. Especially with what Jesse has to say going next. Yeah. Jesse can't believe he got to do all that on Kids Day, once again highlighting the disparity of their upbringings. Uh, Meowth says a pathetic childhood can create a pathetic person, and Jesse literally curb stomps him. Uh, usually I'd side with Meowth because Meowth is my favorite character, but I'm with Jesse on this one. <laughs> and she does mention that she got a bologna sandwich with one slice, <laughs> which, to be fair, if you're going to make a bologna sandwich, Putting more than one slice, it's too thick anyway. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't missing much there. I feel like I feel like sliced bologna, and making sliced bologna sandwiches is like the hallmark of poverty, um, like lower middle class. And I say that as someone who has eaten a lot of bologna sandwiches in his day. Same here. And every now and then, I will buy bologna just for the nostalgic taste. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just to remind yourself where you came from. <laughs> <laughs> And then I guess I'll go sit down, sip my, sip my champagne with my bologna sandwich. <laughs> and caviar on the side. <laughs> caviar, yes. But no, I will get bologna like once every few months and like make my lunches with it. Just because it is nostalgic. Like it's nothing I can eat a lot of, but you know, eating it for a week, I'm okay with. A bologna sandwich now, just the whole idea grosses me out. But dude, fried bologna like for breakfast is pretty good. I will say, but I don't under, I've never really understood people who got freaked out by bologna because it's literally just hot dog, but it's in bigger slices. I think it tastes different. I don't know. It's it's got a it's got a different taste to me. Hot dogs are delicious, but I don't know. Bologna grosses me out. 
<laughs> okay, well, in the Japanese version, Jesse does mention we go back to, you know, the oak leaves that were around the mochi. She mentions that the only leaves she got was bits of calamus leaves in her fried rice. And I'm like, I don't know what calamus is. Mm -hmm. So I researched what calamus was, and I found out it is a root used for gastrointestinal problems. And I think this explains why Jessie is so irritable all the time. She quit eating them, so she just constantly has to fart, which would make anyone grumpy. Yeah, when you've got that uh, much gas built up, like, you have to have some sort of release, or you're just going to... Go off the rails. Um, as Team Ash enters the schoolyard, a dozen little kids run up to them and begin to pe uh, begin to pet Pikachu quite aggressively. Uh, this is especially funny to me because of how often uh, we have to tell my nephew, who just turned four, uh, to be careful with the dogs when he comes to visit. So this is very accurate with what happens with little kids and animals. Um, Pikachu gets agitated by all of their petting and begins to charge up. Ash picks Pikachu up to protect the children and ends up getting electrocuted him electrocuted himself. But honestly, with how easy it is to survive an electric shock in this universe, he probably should have just uh he probably would have been preparing them for the real world if he had just let it happen. The question I have is, does no one teach children how to properly treat animals in this universe? This happens all the time on these episodes. Mm -hmm. When, and I think I've mentioned this before, but when my daughter was two, she was taught to use safe pets with animals mm -hmm. and, you know, and all that. And when I was in elementary school, my cousin's dad actually still does, owns an exotic animal farm, mm -hmm. you know, where they like trade with zoos and stuff. Yeah. Cool story. I won't go too into detail, but he uh, actually works. F I don't know if he still does, but he worked for Jack Hanna. Wow. And... And so Jack Hanna would come pick him up. He's been on the David Letterman show as a handler with Jack Hanna when Jack Hanna was on it. Nice. Yeah, so I'm like just one person away from knowing Jack Hanna. That's not even six degrees of separation. I one know. One degree of separation. But he would bring cool animals for petting zoos and stuff. For petting zoos and stuff. And, you know, I have seen... Well, we would go to his house and see a bunch of cool stuff that he wouldn't be able to bring. But so I've petted wallabies like a baby. Really cool. An albino wallaby who ended up on the David Letterman show. Nice. Like uh, zebras I've petted, a baby lion I've pet, a baby bear, all that kind of stuff. Could you imagine if all the children just ran up and started swarming this baby bear or lion? There would be. <laughs> there would be a lot of little children pieces lying around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, growing up, he had tigers, which we weren't allowed to pet the tigers because right. they were full grown. So this was like but... a legit exotic animal farm. This isn't like Tiger King stuff, right? No, no, no. This is legit. He keeps animals and he used to actually have a zoo, mm -hmm. uh, like a small zoo, he, but it got too much for him to keep up. So he just went back to doing the farm part of it. Nice. Well, that's pretty cool. You never told me that. Yeah, funny story. My dad is deathly afraid of snakes, and one day, one time, this cousin was doing a show, mm -hmm. and he, my dad, would sometimes go to the zoo to help him with shows, and he goes, "Hey, Lane, I need you to help with this animal," and didn't tell him what it was. Next thing, my dad knows, he's holding the middle of a giant boa. Ooh, nope, no, thank you. Yeah. Also, you know, kind of makes me think. Remember, we would have all the cool animals come to the after-school program when we yeah, ran yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Uh, an owl pooped on. One of my students' desks. <laughs> they probably deserved it. Yeah, and I always told him, so whenever a student was being bad, I'd make them sit in the owl poop desk. Mm -hmm. 
Um, the teacher of the school tries to sweetly get her children to be quiet, but as all teachers know, sometimes the only thing you can do to get their attention is to slam a classroom door and scream. Uh, I usually only allow myself to do this like once a year, maybe once a semester, uh, but with the way this year's gone, it's been like, what's a week? <laughs> Uh, she went beyond slamming the door, though. She was outright screaming at them, and she got, like, you'd see the flames come up. She's, mm-hmm. like, yelling at them. And these kids are, what, four years old? Oh, yeah. I've I've never screamed like that, but I will raise my voice if I need to. One of my favorite tactics when I was a teacher was I would just start talking really softly, which, you know me, that's hard for me to do. Yep. I know. I've known you for almost a decade now. It's nigh impossible for you to do. But I would start talking softly where only they could only hear me if they were quiet. One time I did this and a kid yells at the top of the lungs, Mister, I can't hear you. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the point. That's exactly. That was my goal. As Bill Ingvall would say, here's your sign. Hmm. Uh, do you remember him? I... Do what? Yeah, I said, do you remember him? Oh, yeah, dude, I'm from the South. Of course, I've seen... Uh... The blue collar, the blue collar comedy tour. <laughs> we are actually because my in-laws don't listen to this, so they won't know. For their birthday, we all got tickets to go see Bill Ingvall, which oh, nice. out of the four of them, he's the one I would most want to see. I I haven't. I had like the blue collar comedy tour DVD when I was in high oh, school. Oh yeah, so did we. <laughs> which is really funny because I don't listen. I mean, I don't just don't really care about any of them uh anymore but it's still really funny that that was like a thing in the mid 2000s uh team ash throw all their pokemon out for the kids to play with including brock's onyx and if i were like three or four years old and saw some giant rock snake appear uh that teacher would have been glad that my mom packed an extra pair of underwear (laughs) these kids however hold on to onyx's head as he lifts them up 100 feet in the air Everyone seems to be having a blast, and Brock comments that playing with children seem, uh, seems to help the Pokemon relax, which he says is good information for Pokemon trainers. Um, and is that, like, actually canonical in the games, that playing with children uh, is like has, like, a calming effect on the Pokemon? I've never heard it, and here's the thing. The Pokemon weren't calm at all during this. While he is saying this line, you see Psyduck running from a group of children, and we just saw Pikachu try to murder a group until Ash lifted him up. (laughs) So, once again, Brock's just a moron. Yeah, he needs to start citing his sources. Mm -hmm. Um, Team Ash spots little Timmy standing alone, and that's actually his name. I'm not giving him a nickname here. Uh, little Timmy is standing alone, and they ask why he doesn't go play with the Pokemon. He says he wants to, but the only Pokemon, uh, he wants to meet is Meowth. And honestly, I applaud the kid for knowing what he wants. Uh, when Misty asks why he wants to meet a Meowth, he says it's because a Meowth saved him once when he was attacked by a Beedrill. And this is another instance why Pokemon would be terrifying if they were real. You know, you have many kids... Kid's off playing by himself, he gets stunned by a bee, which is traumatizing when you're that young, but, you know, you're not going to die from it unless you're allergic. Mm-hmm. Which, hopefully, if you're allergic, you have someone is near you with an EpiPen. But, then, but imagine you're off... Go ahead. What was that? No, go ahead. I was going to say, but imagine you're off your Timmy size, playing by yourself, and all of a sudden, you're being chased by a three-foot-tall bee. Yeah, a bee that's, like, the same height as you. 
And then imagine on top of that if you're allergic to Beedrills. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I don't think being allergic is an issue here because one sting from that thing and you're dead. You're, you're gonna not have, you're just going to You're going to have like a giant hole in the middle of your chest from where it stings you because those stingers are huge. An EpiPen is not going to do any help. <laughs> uh, Misty does a hysterical impression of Meowth. Um, but uh, it wasn't our, uh, it wasn't Team Rocket's Meowth that saved him. Uh, let's see if we can get some audio of her um, impression here because I thought it was great. Okay, I will put it in right here. Uh, tell me, Timmy, did that Meowth say, now you owe me big time, kid? Brock assumes uh, that it was a wild Meowth that saved Timmy. Um, a bunch of the kids who sound like they worked on vaudeville tell Timmy that he's a liar and challenge him to prove that Meowth can do what he said it did, uh, and that shuts Timmy right up. Before they can continue their argument, though, Jesse and James roll up in a truck to put on a Pokemon magic show and say that it's free just for kids' day. They say the first Pokemon they'll make disappear is a Pikachu, and if Team... And if Team Ash falls for this, they really don't deserve to have any of this Pokemon. Um, and side note, uh, James is cross-dressing for this bit, and I love it. And and no judge, yeah, no judgment from us. We're just letting our audience know. Oh yeah, no, I just thought it was great that <laughs> that uh, they had no problems making the Jesse the magician, and then the assistant is James, and he wears a dress. It's just normalizing it, I guess. Uh, they take what Pikachu. Is- do what i was gonna say it is japan yeah fair they take pikachu and put it in uh the magic box when the box opens again meowth pops out and timmy flips his brick uh when ash questions who they are instead of running away like they should have team rocket reveals themselves uh again they had a perfect plan and ruined it with their own stupidity yeah it was moronic to just reveal themselves instead of running for it uh the kids bum rush team rocket and begin playing with their pokemon before the teacher lady screams at the kids to get back inside wheezing releases gas and everyone runs for it but in the confusion they accidentally kidnap timmy instead of pikachu uh which is an easy mistake i i accidentally kidnap kids like half the time when i'm trying to kidnap large rodents so easy mistake (laughs) he he gets home from school and he's like oh another one got in my backpack Uh, which we're wondering why you're carrying such a big backpack you teach middle school yeah uh but as team rocket and wheezing are attacking it does fade to black so we are going to fade to our who's that pokemon segment who's that pokemon all right our who's that pokemon for this week is meowth or as he's called in japanese Nyarth. Some basic information on Meowth, he is number 52 in the Pokedex. His type says, so his Cantonian version is normal type. His Alolan version, and you can scroll down, I put some pictures for you, Josh. Cool. Um, so the first picture you'll see is dark type. So that's our dark type Meowth. Do you want to give your thoughts on dark type Meowth? <laughs> dark, dark type Meowth looks like it smokes a lot of weed. I could see that, yeah. Um, and then and his Galarian form is a steel type. Ooh, the Galarian form is terrifying. It doesn't even look like Meowth at all. Yeah, and there's... Well, 
don't look at the next picture yet. We'll get there. But uh, for all his forms, he is one foot four inches tall. Uh, he weighs 9.3 pounds for his Cantonian and Alolan version, and his Galarian version weighs 16.5 pounds. Makes sense because he's made of steel rather mm -hmm. than just made of cat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> made of cat uh, meat. And in all version, he is known as the Scratch Cat Pokemon. Uh, his evolution he evolves into Persian at level 28, but he does evolve into Lowland Persian with high friendship. Unless you're playing Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, then it evolves at level 28. Don't know why they changed that because I'm pretty sure Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee had the friendship stuff. And Galar, the Galarian version, doesn't even evolve into Persian. It evolves into Perserker at level 28. So it will be many, many, many episodes before we get to talk about Perserker. I did not know there was even a Perserker. Yeah, and then... It also can have a Gigantamax form, which I did put a picture of the Gigantamax form. Yeah, it looks, it almost looks like cat dog. True. I, I think the more dog of the, part. Uh, one of those wacky, wavy, inflatable tube men outside <laughs> yeah, car dealerships. Right. Yeah, 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 you're right about that. With like demon eyes. Yeah. And all these Gigantamax forms have like the demon look to them. So come. With some origins about him, his name. Meowth may be a combination of meow, the sound a cat makes, mouth, and wealth, alluding to the Maneko Neko's capacity to bring good fortune. The TH may also be borrowed from Nyarth, as both meow and nya are onomatopoeia of a cat's cry. I always love how when they say that it may be a combination of these things, when it's very obviously a combination of these things. Like, yeah. Like, this is a cat. Of course, the meow part of its name comes from the fact that it's a cat i think because they have to use may because there's never been any official oh. you know someone come out saying this is where his name comes from it's kind of like how lysol has to say that it kills 99.9 percent .9 of germs because they can't say that it kills 100 percent of germs because if anybody yeah. proved that it didn't kill 100 percent, then they could uh they could sue yeah, so going on with his Japanese name. I mean, it's not, it's not like that at all, but, you know. Sorry, I, I see where you were going with that, though. Uh, Nyarth may be a combination of Nya, the sound a cat makes, and the switch sounds of Shamu, which is Siam, former name of Thailand, becoming Miyasu. Siam relates to a cat breed, the Siamese, which in turn relates to Meow's evolution Persian and the Persian cat breed. And what is Cat Meowth based off of? Meowth seems to be based upon the Japanese legend of the Maneki Neko, also known as the Lucky Cat or Beckoning Cat. According to one legend, a cat raised its paw to welcome a lord and saved his life when a lightning bolt hit the spot where, the, where he had been standing. Maneki Neko are often used as charms in restaurants and shops to bring customers fortune and good luck. Statues of the cat are usually depicted holding a koban, an ancient coin used in Japan, like the one on Meowth's head. Meowth's color and pattern suggest that it also draws inspiration from Siamese cats. And based on its appearance in Sword Pokedex entry, Galarian Meowth may be based on Norwegian forest cats, large fluffy cats with beard-like ruffs with traits of the Vikings that cut the breed's presumed ancestors on their ships. All right, Meowth's biology, and we have a lot here, so stop me if you have anything to add. I always do. 
Meowth is a small feline Pokemon with cream-colored fur that turns brown at the tip of its hind paws and tail. Its ovoid head features four prominent whiskers, wide eyes with slit pupils, two pointed teeth in the upper jaw, and a golden Koban coin embedded in its forehead. Its ears are black with brown interiors and are flanked with an additional pair of lawn whiskers. Meowth, Meowth is a quadruped with, with the ability to walk on its hind legs. While the games always depict Meowth on two legs, the anime states that Meowth normally walks on all fours. It can freely manipulate its claws, retracting them when it wants to move silently. The tip of its tail curls tightly. Meowth is attracted to round and shiny objects and has the unique ability to produce coins using payday. Being nocturnal, it is known to wander about the city streets at night and pick up anything that sparkles, including loose change. All right, stop. Upon finding... Okay. So, it has the unique ability to produce coins. Where do the coins come from? We don't know, and though I don't... We... Have we... I don't think they've tried it yet, but we learned that Team Rocket's Meowth cannot use the move Payday. Mm. Why? I I don't know. I don't think they ever say. He just never could learn it. I just want to know where the coins come from. They it. You are talking about something that has literally fire dragons, and you're wondering how they can make coins materialize. Well, yeah, this, this isn't alchemy. Like the coins have to come from somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Use your own imagination. Is, does 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 the meowth just like store stuff in like a hidden pocket? Like a, not a pocket, but like a pouch, like a kangaroo, and then the coins come out of there. There we go. All right. Or is it, or is this like a, or is this like a Colombian airport situation? (laughs) I'll explain, I'll, I'll explain that joke after we finish recording. Okay. Uh, Upon finding a sparkling object, its eyes will glitter and the coin on its forehead will shine brightly. It shares this intrigue with Murkrow, with whom it often fights with for objects and prey. Meowth is a playful but fickle Pokemon with the capacity for human-like intelligence, with at least one member of the species teaching itself how to speak. Meowth tends to live in urban areas. Huh, wonder who that one member could be. Never, never met him before. It before. Uh, Meowth was introduced to Alola as a gift of royalty. The luxurious royal lifestyle soon led to Meowth diverging from its origins and becoming the selfish, prideful, and cunning Alolan Meowth. Alolan Meowth will turn hysterical if its coin or pride are besmirched. When the monarchy fell, the rare Alolan Meowth went feral and eventually grew as common in Alola as everywhere else. Alolan Meowth's fur is a light blue-gray color instead of brown markings the tip of the tail, whiskers, digits, and the insides of its ears is a whitish gray. Alolan Meowth whiskers have a slight curve compared to regular Meowth, straighter whiskers, and it has silvery eyes. Galarian Meowth has a shaggy grayish-brown coat resembling a beard, as well as yellow eyes and a toothy grin. Its coin is now black and extremely hard, with the hardest coin being especially valued. The darker the coin is, the more respect it gets from its peers. Galarian Meow's body has a partially has partially turned to iron as a result of many years of living with a race of savage seafarers. Cantonian Meowth and Galarian Meowth don't get along. <laughs> it's like uh one of my one of my buddies. Actually, you know Tyler, you met Tyler. Yeah. Uh, he and his girlfriend um both have cats and neither one of those cats get along, so I assume it's probably like that. 
Like, they just, like, can't be in the same room together. It's pretty funny. <laughs> As Gigantamax Meowth has become larger and longer in size, the body extends from the lower half to the sol- shoulder, while the gold coin gains a symbol. Meowth's eyes change to a glowing gold color. The tail grows long as well with the end of its lips, its tips extending. The tail gets even larger and bumpy when it uses an attack. Three red clouds surround it below the shoulders. The giant coin emits a lot of Gigantamax power that surround the area with golden gleam. Its desire for shiny objects increases to the point where it will cause damage to skyscraper windows and exterior walls for the sake of sharpening its claws. So it's like Godzilla, basically. Yeah. The symbol on Gigantamax Meowth's gold coin is believed to be the key to unlocking the secrets of Dynamax. A Gigantamax Meowth is the only known Pokemon capable of using the exclusive G-Max move, G-Max Gold Rush. So, yes. So, how far did you get in Pokemon Sword and Shield? Uh, like 30 minutes. Oh, so you never even got to Dynamax. Nope. So, you will find Dynamax is where they can make their Pokemon bigger, Mm -hmm. but Gigantamax are special Pokemon who, when they Dynamax, have a different form. Uh, Rather than just getting larger. So, for when we get to other Pokemon with Gigantamax forms. All right. Some Pokedex entries, and there's a lot of them. I will tell you all, we have 22 different Pokedex entries. Whoa. Uh, Yes, because there's like four different versions I have to go through. Uh, So, Red and Blue says, A door circular object wanders the streets on a nightly basis to look for dropped loose change. So, if you have a Meowth, you're going to maybe get rich because it's going to find all the change for you. Pokemon Yellow says, appears to be more active at night. It loves round and shiny things. It can't stop from picking them up. Pokemon Gold says, it is fascinated by round objects. It can't stop playing with them until it tires and falls asleep. Which makes sense. I We saw it in the in uh, the Ultimate Test episode where they just threw out a ball of yarn to distract Meowth. <laughs> uh, Pokemon Silver says, it loves anything that shines. It especially adores coins that it picks up and secretly hoards. Pokemon Crystal says it loves things that sparkle. When it sees a shiny object, the gold coin on its head shines too. Uh, Ruby and Sapphire say Meowth withdraws a sharp's claws into its paw to slink. I can't read. To slinkily, slinkily sneak about without making any incriminating footsteps. For some reason, the Pokemon love shiny coins that glitter with light. Who doesn't for, love shiny yeah, coins? Yeah, for some reason, yeah. Like, we all wouldn't be walking around looking for shiny gold coins if we could. Uh, Pokemon Moon says it loves shiny things. It often fights with Murkrow over prey they're both trying to catch. Uh, Ultra Sun says when visiting a junkyard, you may catch sight of it having an intense fight with Murkrow over shiny objects. Ultra Moon says it loves coins, so if you give it one, you can make friends with Meowth easily, but it's fickle, so you can't count on that friendship lasting. (laughs) That just sounds like a cat. (laughs) Yep. It's like it's only your friend when you're feeding it or petting it. Yes. Uh, Pokemon Sword says it loves to collect shiny things. If it's in a good mood, it might even let its trainer have a look at its hoard of treasures. (laughs) Just a look, though. No touchy. It's like like Smog the Dragon from The Hobbit. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon Shield says it washes its face regularly to keep the coin on its forehead spotless. It doesn't get along with Galarian Meowth. 
All right, some Alolan forms Pokedex entry. Pokemon Sun for the Alolan forms says, This Pokemon was not originally found in Alola. Human actions caused a surge in their numbers, and they went feral. They're prideful and crafty. Uh, the moon for the Alolan form says when its delicate pride is wounded or when the gold coin on his forehead is dirty, it flies into a hysterical rage. <laughs> uh, Pokemon Ultra Sun for the Alolan form says it's impulsive, selfish, and fickle. It's very popular with some trainers who like giving it the attention it needs. <laughs> I just like it's very popular with some trainers because, you know, they're also impulsive, selfish, and fickle. Mm hmm. Uh, Ultra Moon for the Alolan form says, A royal house that flourished in the distant past brought it here from another region. Meowth is both selfish and prideful. Uh, Let's go Pikachu and Eevee for the Alolan form says, Highly intelligent and prideful. It's famously difficult to handle, but that's only a reason for its pop... That's also a reason for its popularity. Yeah, people love difficult things. And dealing with a difficult things. A Pokemon Sword for the Alolan form says it's accustomed to luxury because it used to live with Alolan royalty. As a result, it's very picky about food. <laughs> a Pokemon Shield for the Alolan form says deeply proud and keenly smart. This Pokemon moves with cunning during battle and relentless, uh, relentlessly attacks enemies' weak points. And then a couple for the Galarian form. Pokemon Sword says, Living with a savage seafaring people has toughened this Pokemon's body so much that parts of it have turned to iron. Wow. Um, Pokemon Shield for the Galarian form says, These daring Pokemon have coins on their foreheads. Darker coins are harder, and harder coins garner more respect among Meowth. And then finally, a couple of entries for the Gigantamax form. Pokemon Sword says the pattern that has appeared on its giant coin is thought to be the key to unlocking the secrets of the Dynamax phenomenon. And Pokemon Shield for the Gigantamax form says its body has grown incredibly long and the coin on its forehead has grown incredibly large. All thanks to Gigantamax power. And then a couple of trivia facts about Meowth. Neoe released a $1 coin featuring Meowth as part of a commemorative promotion for the Pokemon franchise with Meowth on one side and the nation's coat of arms on the other. Which, you weren't here yet, Josh, but they also had Pikachu, Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirtle, and I think Tyler and I looked up the Pikachu one on, um, on, like, on eBay, and it goes for, like, over $100. Wow. Which, if you're a coin collector, that'd be cool. Even a Pokemon collector, but I'm not going to spend $100 on a coin. No, definitely not. And then, the last bit of trivia is Meowth is the only Pokemon to have more than one regional form. As of now. That's a lot of Meowth facts. Yeah, so if you're listening to this and, like, say, the next generation comes out and there's more Pokemon with regional forms, this was... As of the date of this recording, this is true. If you're listening to this 10 years in the future, it may be different. It may be different. Um, And you should tell us by leaving us a review. (laughs) Hopefully by then, you know, we'll be, you know, still doing this, maybe. And also rich. And also rich from it. Just like mouth. Yes. All right. And that is our Who's That Pokemon segment on Meowth. Who's That Pokemon? Back into the episode, uh, we find ourselves in a nearby clearing where Team Rocket opens uh, the box to find Timmy crying his eyes out. 
He tells the story of being saved by Meowth, and Jesse and James convince their Meowth to pretend to be the one that saved him. James says that Team Rocket may be rotten cheaters, but they're not in the business of ruining children's dreams as a giant red R rises in the background while trumpets play. Uh, Meowth agrees to pretend to be the wild Meowth because he likes the idea of playing the hero. Uh, so something I noticed, and I wanted to see if you noticed this, he has like a flashback, or not even a flashback, uh, a fantasy about him being a superhero and signing autographs. But when he's signing an autograph, there's not enough space to write Meowth. So it says M-E-O-W, then like the T-H is like going down the side of the paper. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a little kid would do while they're trying to make a poster. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was funny. And also this scene, this is why Team Rock is some of the more interesting characters in the anime. Their characters are more fleshed out than the main trio and have more motivation and actual backstories, which really adhere, adores them to the fans. And I think like, you know, even now, I think this is one of the reasons that they're still in the series, even though Team Rocket has nothing to do with these new regions. Right. Uh, also, I guess we're going to ignore the fact that their main motive is to steal a 10-year-old's best friend and pet. I guess they are just choosy when they are ruining children's dreams. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not exactly true that they don't like ruining children's dreams. They're just very specific about whose dreams they want to ruin. Uh, Team Rocket reappears and begins to and begin to menacingly taunt little Timmy. Meowth jumps in front of Timmy to protect him, but when Team Rocket attacks, Timmy tells Meowth to use his fury, fury swipes and Meowth obeys. Back at the school, Team Ash says they need to split up to find Timmy, but Timmy and Meowth come running up at that time. Team Ash is suspicious that this wild Meowth looks just like Team Rockets, as if every single Pokemon doesn't look exactly like all the other ones of the same type. (laughs) Maybe it was the fact that they were walking on two legs gave it away? Maybe. I don't even remember if it was walking on two legs or four. Though, to be fair, Team Rocket did reveal themselves, so I'm not going to judge Team Ash for thinking this. Also, I wanted to make a fun thing to note, because I don't know if I've said it while you've been on an episode, but you will hear, when Pikachu escapes the box, you hear him run up to Ash, and he goes, pee, pee, pee. And this is because, in Japanese, Ash's name is Satoshi, named after Satoshi Tajiri, the creator of Pokemon. So they use PPP when Pikachu is directly talking to Ash because it sounds similar to Satoshi. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Uh, same thing with Togepi, because Togepi is also Togepi in Japanese, and so PPP, he'll say it to Togepi, too. Okay. Um, the other kids, the ones that sounded like they were New York gangsters in the 1920s, um begin to apologize to Timmy and ask to play with Meowth. When Timmy says, everyone loves Meowth, Meowth responds, that's right, which no one except Misty even notices. Instead of trying to play it off, Meowth instead just runs away. Team Ash and Timmy follow Meowth into a dead end where Team Rocket reveals themselves once again. Uh, They challenge Team Ash to a Pokemon battle, and this time they have a 2v2 battle, which is pretty fun to see. Uh, When Onyx slams Arbok into the side of a rock wall, it causes an enormous boulder to roll towards the group of children who didn't listen to stay inside. Uh, I'm not saying they deserve to get crushed by the massive boulder, but I'm not not saying that either. (laughs) I will say that was a nice body check by Onyx. He just, it was like he was playing hockey there for a minute. Yeah, Rock Snake beats regular Snake all day. Yes. 
Uh, also, I can't wait until the teacher has to tell the parents how the kid's day went, because that's typically something that happens in preschool. <laughs> uh, the class... Just imagine she goes, well, the class almost got shocked by a Pikachu. We They rode on a Pokemon 20 feet in the air without any safety restraints. I allowed an unsanctioned magic act to perform, and Timmy got stolen. Then we almost got crushed to death by a boulder. But other than that, it was a good day. <laughs> uh, the boulder heads towards Timmy, who I guess forgot how to walk and just falls over. Um, the Team Rocket Meowth watches idly. Uh, or stands idly by as both Ash and Timmy are about to be crushed by this boulder. But at that, but just at the last moment, the wild Meowth appears and kicks the boulder in half like those kids uh, from elementary school that did Taekwondo and broke all the boards. Uh, everyone watches as the wild Meowth grooms itself, which is kind of weird. And if only Meowth was that strong in the games, you know? Yeah, guess not. Uh, Timmy somehow has the delusion that Meowth will one day take him all the way to the Pokemon League, um, but his dreams will eventually be shattered, and he'll likely end up a slightly balding middle school English teacher with no kids and seven dogs. <laughs> or I guess in this case, seven Meowths. Um, as the episode ends, Team Rocket goes back to the drawing board for how to capture Pikachu, but this time, it's Meowth calling the shots. And that's the end of our episode. So what did you think of this episode, Josh? Meowth is my favorite character, so I like this episode, but the, the Team Ash, like, taking their Pokemon to a to like an L or a preschool show and tell was not what I expected from uh an adventure show like this. The title? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, this isn't my favorite episode. I will say, be, since you are a fan of Meowth, there is an episode later on where we will get to learn Meowth's backstory. Cool. And so that's a better Meowth-centric episode. I mean, this episode, it was definitely a filler episode. To be fair, it, you know, kind of like how the Princess Festival was supposed to tie in with Girls' Day. This was supposed to tie in with Children's Day. But, of course, Porygon ruined everything, and their <laughs> airing schedule got... Or, sorry, not Porygon, Pikachu. Yeah. Justice, Just, for Justice for Porygon. Hashtag Justice for Porygon. Yeah. Uh, Pikachu ruined everything, and um, so this didn't get to air on Children's Day like it was supposed to. Mm. Uh, continuing on, we do have a question, and since on our Growlithe episode we asked about stories about dogs, our question today is, what is an experience you have had with a cat? Or a funny story or anything. So, I've never owned a cat. Um, and to be honest, I've never really liked cats. Um, well, I've, I've never liked cats as much as dogs. But when I was little, um, I got attacked by my grandmother's neighbor's cat. And I like didn't like cats for the longest time. Um, but then when I lived with Tyler, my buddy again that you've met, um, when I was in grad school, he had a cat named Sophie who loved me. So, like, I like cats, and one day I kind of want to get a cat. Um, but we can't get a cat right now because one of our dogs would just rip it to shreds if we did. So, yeah, I'm not a cat person. I'm okay with other people's cats. Yeah. Like, I won't judge you for liking cats, and even if I come to visit, I'll pet your cat. I won't get, I hate a cat. When Jesse and I first met, she had a devil cat. <laughs> I remember that thing. 
Uh, and we also had an old cat, which he wasn't bad. He would just get his litter everywhere. And I'm just not a fan of cats. But a funny story I have, actually, when I was younger, we would have cats every now and then. Mm-hmm. Because we lived out in the country. My dad's not a cat person, but sometimes he would let us have a cat just to help with the mice problem. Mm-hmm. You know, because out in the country it happens. And so we had this cat. His name was MJ because my brother is bad at naming animals. So you just and, had to give it a couple of letters? <laughs> uh, well, MJ stood for Midnight Junior because mm-hmm. we used to have a cat named Midnight. Okay. Uh, but we all called it MJ, and he was only allowed in because he he was for, you know, the mice mouse problem. Right. And one time I actually did catch a mouse. My mom is sitting in the living room, and she looks over, and MJ has this mouth this mouse in its mouth and it's prancing around like aha look what i did i'm it was so proud of itself (laughs) well it comes over to my mom and it sits in front of her has a mouth mouse in its mouth he sets it down and the mouth gets up and runs away (laughs) this cat is looking at my mom and looks down see there's no mouse there, and he does a double he looks left he looks right (laughs) and he's like where'd it go (laughs) that's pretty funny so, yeah, so that is my experience with the cat. And so, don't forget, if you want to answer our questions, you can follow us on Twitter at Pokemon Snapshot or send us an email at thepokemonsnapshot at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, so look us up there as well. Also, leave us a rating on your listening app of your choosing so other Pokemon fans such as yourself can find the podcast. Also, Spotify now allows you to leave ratings, and so I would love to... So if you listen to us on Spotify, which I know at least half of you do because I see the stats, just click the review. Give us a review. You don't even have to write for it like you do in Apple Podcasts. You can just give us a star rating. Tell us how we're doing. So, Josh, do you have anything else to add? I got nothing else. All right. So please join us next week when we are finally going to get a gym battle. Yes, finally. My first one is part of the Pokemon Snapshot. And we will, so join us next time and we will be watching Riddle Me This.